I have nothing to say. Just joking. I'm wearing nothing at all. <laughs> oh my. Pretty much. Hello, cousin. Hi. Hello, cousin. Hi, cousin. Hi, cousin. Hi, cousin. Hello, cousin. Did you post your blog already? Yeah, I'm I currently did. reading it. <laughs> it was like a bit of an epiphany, this idea of being content in discontent. And it kind of took off on a few different branches in the sense of sometimes like the original version of this was sometimes we become content or complacent in our discontent to the point that we no longer recognize we are in that we're the frog in the pot yes <laughs> the frog in the pot i just okay what is going on i just literally got off the phone moments ago with elin and we were talking about the frog in the pot okay and but I there's also okay go ahead okay but also there's the butter churning mice analogy from catch me if you can i had never read that book so. oh okay well it, it's in okay. the movie i don't know if it's it, in the book continue with that and i'll look up the actual quote is it really oh. from catch me if you can because also i'm having a weird moment because i just came across my copy not pirated like i purchased of <laughs> catch me if you can Yes. I love that movie. It's such a good oh, one. It's a movie. It's also a book, though. So it's based on this guy, Frank Abagnale Jr. Um, real, life. real life story about this guy, and he's a major con artist. Anyways, so the story goes from this is his quote in the movie Two little mice fell in a bucket of cream. The first mouse quickly gave up and drowned, the second mouse wouldn't quit. He struggled so hard that eventually he churned that cream into butter and crawled out. So that's the flip side of content and discontent. Yes. Is that sometimes we need to be discontent in our discontent. So for example, the discontent of the world right now where I have zero control over things outside of my body, essentially. <laughs> and so... Will I choose to be discontent in discontent or do I choose to be content in discontent and work on changing the things I can change, not stressing or puking over the things I cannot? Insert topic here. Like there's like a yes. million different topics that could fit into that in our world today. I'm swirling right now. Okay, so I just had this conversation with someone the other day about um, vocabulary and these words that we say, right? So quite often you will say you are content, but how often do you say discontent? Mm -hmm. You know, finding these root words and, and using them. And it came up a while ago. We were talking about innovation a lot. And um, those People are probably also listening to this and chuckling to themselves. So we were like, well, what's the opposite of innovation? It's exnovation. So whoever the heck says exnovation, that's not a thing. You know, exnovating. Well, starting now. Now it is. Cousins of the world. <laughs> and I might I have... I need a spell check on that. I might have actually made that word up too. I should probably look that up. But, you know, we we're talking about these things that you say, but you never say the opposite of, right? Mm-hmm truth 
Isn't isn't the opposite of excavate bury? I know. <laughs> yeah, so excavation is the opposite of innovation. It's not a word I made up in my head and told myself this story, which sometimes does happen. Excavation? Exnovation. Exnovation. Ex- yeah. Oh, okay. I miss I'm getting old and I mishear things sometimes. <laughs> and... What's that there, Shani? <laughs> if you asked me what the opposite of exnovation was, I'd be like, hell if I know. <laughs> I have no idea. Right. There's that on that. Spokes on a wheel is really what this this conversation has turned into. We're flying in different directions. Truth. Cartwheeling in different directions. So speaking of cartwheels. <laughs> Climbing down the rabbit hole. Grab the ladder. <laughs> Grab the ladder. Life jackets and a headlamp. Um, so my baby boy busted his arm doing like homemade gymnastics. But speaking of being the most churning butter or something, he, <laughs> he's almost mastered an aerial, which is essentially oh, like a one-hander. Yeah, a one-hander or a no-hander. He's got the one-hander down really well. So what did he do in his discontent? He became content in his discontent. And so that's where I flip it to the other side. <laughs> But we can still be content in discontent in a positive way, choosing to make the best out of a rotten situation. Mm-hmm. Interesting. There's so much. There's so much. And yet, why am I thinking of Anne of Green Gables when she finds the mouse in the pantry? So there's that. Yes. Okay. In sort of the same vein, I learned something this week. You're so vain. Just kidding. But it's not It's not about mice. It's about rats. Tell me more. Uh, there was a study done. I would need to look up the exact, you know, facts of the case. But they were doing a I study on empathy in rats. And what they found was that if they confined one rat into a really tiny, like a cage, a small confinement anyway, that they couldn't move in and had a door at one end that a free rat could open if it chose, they found that the majority of the time that the free rat would show empathy to the trapped rat and release it from the trap. And it would do it even without reward. And it would, and if it, if it did get a reward, um, they found that a majority of the time it would eat all of the chocolate chips, but it would save one for the trapped rat. No way. That's fascinating. Shiny thing. Yeah. That is amazing. Well, it just shows, you know, like some rats have more empathy than human beings. (laughs) Some human beings. If you think about the the speed at which technology and everything has evolved in the world, like I was reading somewhere that women weren't allowed to have credit cards without their husbands signing for them mm-hmm. until 1974 mm-hmm. in the U.S. But I don't know if that's the case in Canada. But or being able to like lease an apartment or you know all of these things, and I mean we're Canadian, okay? That's true, we're Canadian, and. So I'm I I have learned a lot about um, more like legal 
cases and stuff in the U.S. than I've learned about in Canada. And mostly that's because of current pop culture and the political climate south of us. And watching documentaries and movies pertaining to that. Specifically, I'm talking about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. But the idea that women were, you know, we are just kind of coming into our own. And that's, I'm 46. And that was in, that was the year I was born, was when that changed in the U.S., so to me, that's recent history, and it, I can't, I can't fathom that, that you know we weren't always allowed to have the same kind of rights as men. The sa- we still don't have the same um, pay, and there's still a lot of inequity. I really, honestly, I had a conversation with my mother um, the other day, and we were just talking about how far women have come in the world. And I said, you know, if women really knew the power that they had to affect change in the world, we would all be living in a different place. Mm -hmm. And we were specifically talking about a terrible um, case in India where where a girl was raped and murdered and the women just flooded the streets and shut the place down. And and that was that, you know, they had had enough. And I, I don't know the full scope of what came out of that, but the whole fact is that all it took was willpower and you know women saying enough well and even okay so very recently within the past um 72 hours the um protests in warsaw which i don't know if you guys have heard anything about i haven't watched the news um so there's a court decision to ban nearly all abortions um and they say that more than a hundred thousand people were in attendance uh up to maybe 150,000 people went out to protest. The ban on abortions isn't getting rid of abortions, and I really truly believe that. What happens is they're going to get what they need somehow, some way that's going to end up killing a lot of women. Absolutely. I'm not going to say that I think women are more empathetic than men. I don't think that that's true. I don't know exactly what it is. I think that if you talk about people having a struggle making them more empathetic, then of course women have had more struggles in the world for equality and for 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 rights over you know everything from their own bodies to to property and their decisions and how they work and of course women have had a lot of struggles so i don't know would you say that you think like that would create a condition of empathy or just a condition of are we all a bunch of frogs like i don't know is it empathy or is it awareness it's definitely awareness also is it um you know we could talk about something like generational traumas with on either sides of all of this you got to be the big strong man i'm the big strong man your grandfather was the big strong man i don't i don't know if i see that necessarily in my i i i want to say that I see my mom was the big strong woman. To be honest, like, I, and I don't know if it, it was a similar experience for you guys, but I mean, my my dad, it's not that he wasn't a strong person, it's just he wasn't present. He was working mm-hmm. while we were growing up. So the heavy always had to be my mom. So I don't, I don't know necessarily, but I do see my grandfather as, you know, that that wartime generation where, you know, all of these young men, they were so young, going going and putting their lives at risk to defend democracy and to end 
you know, the Second World War. I don't know. It was a very different time. And they definitely had a very different kind of struggle in the world than we do modern times. Like our struggles are, um, oh my goodness, there's um, a lineup of 90 people around the, the Walmart and we have to stand outside to get in. Like our struggles are not, we're being oppressed, mm -hmm. you know? not here, not here in Canada. And yet you hear these kind of non-empathetic, non-voices that are very kind of self-centered, self-focused, that are not willing to support their fellow person, go to bat for the rights of the people around them, defend whatever that person's um, ability to have their own beliefs system and do you know what I mean so I don't understand how we in such a short time from when I was born to this point in time where we have this this kind of world circumstance where we're 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 seeing more and more people that just don't care about other people so we can turn a wheel with that here we go <laughs> <laughs> I've talked about it before, the Roots of Empathy program and why it exists and that we actually have to be taught how to how to empathize with others and the difference between sympathy and empathy and antipathy and all of these fun words that uh, we The only use. thing the rat was taught was how to open the door, though. Was yeah. how to excavate. <laughs> Ex excavate the door. No, how to open the door and not necessarily when to or... Like, like I said, it wasn't always like given prompted. an incentive. Right. Yeah, it wasn't always prompted to do it. I think that, you know, historically as human beings, we've kind of, we've written off animals as being lesser emotionally than we are. Okay, so I can go off a real big deep Waldorf uh, diving board with this from a philosophy perspective. Let me get my bikini on first. <laughs> You don't want a skinny for this one? No, not this one. <laughs> so in the Waldorf philosophy, and this is just my understanding of it, and I could be misquoting some things as well. Um, there is like a hierarchy, and I feel like there's a hierarchy that, you know, we innately place there anyways, about how that we are our top notch. We are all, we are, are plants, we are matter, we are minerals, we are animalistic. But the difference that sets us apart is that we have that empathy but the more studies that are done and the more that i read the more that it is it's like an innate thing for animals and I, I really don't think we give them enough credit i mean the intelligence of even pigs huge i don't know i think about yogi and i feel like for those of you that don't know yogi she was our dog growing up i feel and maybe because of dreams i've had you know later as an adult about her that she had so much empathy so here's the question if we bring it let's just keep that wheel turning circling to people <laughs> the humans oh yeah i'm totally thinking of people right now yeah like where does it come like are we born with it is it because like i think i consider myself to be fairly empathetic but it's also because of experiences as a child right where it's um being passed a note in grade three that says f off 
be? Or <laughs> is it from, you know, having surgery as a child? Or is it because oh, for sure. from an empathetic yes. mother, right? Who went through her own series of challenges and having broader experiences especially like travel Mm -hmm. seeing how other people live you know I think that you'll find that a lot of time when people have less empathy it's because they're more focused on their own issues and they can't empathize with another person because they are too deep into what they see closest to them Right. And I find with people like that um, move to different countries, for example, or that speak multiple languages, or like you said, have had some kind of um, not necessarily surgery, but something that they have had to work through that was difficult, they tend to see the humanity in other people mm-hmm. and see the struggle. I think it's when you're stuck in that tiny little sphere, you can't relate to other people. You can't see their struggle, which is, I think, part of the problem with why we're, you know, the world is kind of polarized right now is that people are so busy looking inside of their sphere that they they feel like they don't have any energy to help someone else. But... Do you think that, and this question for everybody, do you think that, just everybody does, do you think part (laughs) of that is because we also have developed, at least in the Western world, this culture of do what you love, love what you do, follow your dreams, you can be anything and anyone. for sure. You know what I mean? Like it's become a very self-focused way of being. Which I could argue the other side too, though. I could argue that, right? I was going to say, I got, I was, I, okay, I, I follow the Buddha, Buddha's, uh, Facebook page. So I get like his little daily quotes and stuff like that. And I got a little irritated with him this week because he was talking about, um, can't remember what it was exactly what he was talking about. I have to look up the quote, but it made me think about participation awards and how it's we've we've become a society in the western hemisphere where we don't know hardship we don't know what it means to struggle like really struggle we don't we don't remember going without there's there's poor but for the most part we're a rich country do you know what i mean like i think part of that too like even like participation awards and stuff plays into that instant gratification mm that driven that need to be praised and be be loved and told that you're the best. And I think that all plays into all of that, right? Like how privileged, I'm just going to blanket statement, how privileged many are to, you know, we have, as we were talking before, these devices in our pockets that give us instant gratification. We have, you know, the need and want to, Please, but also receive. (laughs) Okay, I guess I'll continue. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay, so we were just talking about participation awards, and I, I want to go back to that for a second. And Dietz, maybe you can jump in with some details here, but I'll tell I'll tell this little little story from last year. I uh, was on a bit of a whirlwind adventure, and I hopped on a plane in Hamilton at five in the morning, and I landed in Winnipeg at I don't know what time that was. Nine. Was, yeah. I say nine, it was probably earlier. Dietz picked me up and we were off to watch the boys get some awards, which was really exciting. Um, However, we got lost. We got lost <laughs> along the way, <laughs> which we, in hindsight, should have recorded. Probably. So, arriving at the school with this huge panic first off anxiety attack because are we walking into this award ceremony that's happening did we miss and it, it and it wasn't just like it had been it we had just got there and it was had just started it was like 45 minutes in at least 45 minutes in. at least yeah. we we debated to just not going to working our way inside the building to standing outside the gym to realizing that they were nowhere near done and walking inside. And in a moment of panic, I think we just kind of placed ourselves against the wall. There wasn't really a lot of accessible seating. Yeah, no, there was not at all. (laughs) And we proceeded to stand there for what felt like 12 hours while every single child pretty much was handed some sort of award for something that they had done. Mm -hmm. Or or that they had improved at or... Like, it, it literally was, like, every single person got their moment. Which was, some of it was lovely. Some of it, I, I don't know how I feel about participation awards in that regard. I think there's a little link to um, some instant gratification there, and I, I, I don't know. How much instant gratification can you get when there's 200 people ahead of you? Yes. You know what I mean? And maybe it was just the fact that, you know, we were standing... And I was, like, physically uncomfortable. Yes. So that made it kind of, like, feel extra long. From memory, since I wasn't there at that particular one, which is why (laughs) you were there, it's also, like, hot as heck. Oh, yeah, that was the other thing. It was, yeah. yeah. Wet fest. Yes. Also... They were giving out awards for things that I personally have some issues with, like attendance awards. I think it's it's not a good thing to give out an attendance award. I think it's okay to give your body a rest when you're unwell and not go to school, as we're proving in these times. Mm-hmm. That's This is why we have COVID. This was before you became a millionaire, correct? Yes, before I... <laughs> no... It was, I was on disability still for my shoulders. And that's why I was in pain because my neck was sore. I think I wore a bra for the occasion. I think we also, like I was hungry. You were getting a little hangry as well. We thought this was going to be a quick, we would be there for like an hour and go and get some lunch. In our defense, someone misleaded us and said, so-and-so may be getting an award around such and such a time as well. Yeah. Jerk. Kirby Sanchez, I think, was her name. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but in all fairness, there was a particular child that totally cleaned house that. Yes. Yes. And you know what? It was worth it for that. 
I did ugly cry about that. I was like, Itale deserves an award. So, yes. like, they're in on the other side of it. Don't other kids deserve recognition? Well, maybe not for just showing up, but I don't know, you know? How do you make how do you make a kid feel special about whatever? Bringing us back to empathy, and that's that empathy that runs through all three of us, right? It's, okay, here's a bunch of useless awards, but on the other hand, maybe this is some kid who needs that little whatever boost to confidence yeah a little recognition well just to be seen right yeah bringing that inclusiveness back i think through empathy and we've talked about this before we're able to curate a safe space versus just a positive space where we can talk about weird things scary things like the taboo things like the conversation we just had right so I think it's really important that, you know, while we do try to maintain positivity, that we're not just curating solely positive spaces. We're curating a safe space Mm -hmm. where you're free and able to talk about things in a manner of discussing and not arguing, like not making it argumentative. Well, that's where I've been struggling as of late is how do I approach with curiosity Mm -hmm. when I strongly disagree with someone's side of the story, right? Or their version of truth or how everything is so polarizing. How do we still bring empathy in? And this idea of like, help me understand where you're coming from, right? And that's where Zach called me out that day. He's like, mom, you profess to be so open-minded, but on this particular issue, you are not. I don't remember you telling me about this. No. Oh, yeah, he did. And it was really good of him to do that because I went, you are correct. I am not as open-minded as I think I am on certain things, right? Like, okay, it was the U.S. election. All right, guys. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's a good thing to have a core set of beliefs, but to be knowledgeable enough about your beliefs to be able to speak to what your truth is and be able to decipher someone else's truth and know what's true about it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you need a listening cousin? Feel free to leave us a message. Let us know if it's okay if we air it or if you would rather keep it private. Visit hellocousin.org.